fans welcome to another episode of the jmb ray boxing podcast more news more discussions more shenanigans i am your host mr j uh we got a lot of stuff to talk about we talk about anthony joshua's comments about andrew Ruiz winning by a lucky punch it was a hand of god that andrew Ruiz won the first fight andrew Ruiz comes back and says i'm gonna end your career comments it's already being circulated that Ortiz, Wilder, November 23rd, Vegas, Tyson Fury talking about, hey, Fury, I mean, Wilder has to fight before the end of November or there is no fight in January. We talk Canelo, Kovalev, Kovalev's fucking, Kovalev's homecoming, and he wins by a jab. And many other boxing news, of course. But I'm not here. I don't do this by myself, guys. You guys know the shtick. I do have a co-host. He's from Sacramento. He is the Sacramento bad boy himself. B-Rain, the motherfucking house. B-Rain. I was born right. Yo. What's going on, What's up? Much, man. How you oh, been? Oh, my God. Fucking hot over here. <laughs> fucking hot over here, man. But I'm good, man. Really, really good. You know, just, you know, catching up on some movies, too. So, you know, just last week, man, I went to go see The Lion King. How was that? That was really good, actually. I liked it. I heard bad I, reviews you know, on pe- that. People were complaining, yeah. Actually, people were complaining. I guess the number one thing I kept hearing was that it looked too, like, real. Like, you get me? Well, it's kind of hard to express uh, emotion, like, in the movies because they're cartoons, so you can make them smile, you can make them sad. It's kind of right. hard to draw. It's kind of hard to digitize that into a, a real-life animal. Exactly, man. But that, that was fucking good, man. I, I think anybody that grew up watching the cartoon, I still say watch that fucking movie. Hmm. That's just looking good. But other than that, you know, nothing much. Just chilling, really. And uh, yeah, just catching up on some movies and you know, keeping hydrated because it's fucking hot over here. It reaches like three, you know, three digits over here, man. It's been ninety-five and humid here in Southern California. I don't. I feel it at work, but I don't feel it here at home because I do have an AC, so that's always a good thing. Um, but I haven't seen a movie. I just finished watching Dave Chappelle special today. Um, the oh, Sticks and Stones. That, yeah. Fucking hilarious, dude. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle's got to be one of the greatest comedians out there right now, man. I loved it. Um, he, you know what? Dave Chappelle, his material, it stands up. It's kind of like, uh, his stuff is, his stuff will stand the test of time. Just like when you listen to old George Carlin's. Um, uh, comedy skits George mm-hmm. Carlin stuff always resonates even it could be 20 30 40 years from now George Carlin stuff is going to resonate with today's society Dave Chappelle is no different when it comes to that his stuff resonates in today's society um, but I saw that today and pretty much haven't done anything last this past weekend I had my housewarming had the guys from the Ram Alcohol well from Fever in the Pitch and Ram Alcoholics at the house had family uh, that was pretty much it um, just been busy work um, trying to keep up with the boxing real quick guys. I know we've been kind of like lagging in when it comes to the Instagram department We haven't really posted anymore. We don't post a lot of stuff 
Um, but um, it's because I'm working more time, more uh, working more hours, and I know Mr. B Ray has a new job. But don't worry, give us time to get back, get into a good rhythm. We're gonna be starting posting new stuff on Instagram. Um, other than that, most of the news we come out is from uh, Corner Boxing. So shout out to Corner Boxing. I know they probably do listen. So shout out to Corner Boxing. So definitely. All right, let's get into the today's topics. Um, Anthony Joshua, there's a video he did an interview last week, I think, um, for Sky Sports, and which he says that in the video he says that it was a lucky punch. Is that that's how he lost? It was a lucky punch. The interviewer, the interviewer was trying to say, was trying to be like, well, Andrew is a skillful fighter, and Joshua, straight out, cold blooded, said, no, it was a lucky punch. It was a hand of God that beat him. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna play the audio real quick, Brian. You'll listen to it, and I want to get your take on this, right? Give okay, all right. So let me uh, type it up. Are you surprised at how good Ruiz's skill set was? He ain't that skillful. He's a good fighter. He beat you? Yeah, by a lucky punch. By a punch that was sent by the gods. Are you surprised? So, a punch sent by the god. One down, Brian. Control yourself, Brian. Control yourself. <laughs> What's your take on that? Oh man, sorry. Oof, my God, that was that so was it, really hilarious. So it, it still cracks it cracks me every time I hear that. Now he acts like he like he lost just by one punch, as of like Andrew Reese knocked him out once, and then that was it. Ref called it a stoppage. He knocked him down uh, four what, times. two, three times, four times, four times. Shit, look at that! And Henry, he still has a nerve to say, "Well, that was a lucky punch." That cracks me up. That's, that's just foolish shit, really. That was a really that's... good impression of Anthony. Do it again. <laughs> well, that was actually, that was just a lucky punch. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's it's stupid. To me, that's just a. Uh, I think that's just old fashioned way of just you know not wanting to admit that hey I lost. Is he it's a stupid? Piss- so you think it's a mental thing? Him trying to brush it off? It's like, oh, it was a lucky punch. It was a lucky punch. It is, and I think we talked about it, right? That this is like it's effective mentally. He's not being the same. He's getting worse every day. And for him to say, like, well, well, that was just a lucky punch. That's just full of shit. That's pussy talking or something like that. Excuse my language. But that's just some full of shit for someone to say. He could have easily said, hey, he was a better man that night. No, he's going to say, oh, it was just a lucky well, punch. Well, he did. If you listen to the post-fight interview, after he lost, he gives all the credit to Andrew Lee. He says, this is his night. This was his op- This was his opportunity. He took, he seized it. He won. Hey, we'll see you. I'll see you in the rematch. Um, but then he takes it back. But, uh, he takes it back. Typical Joshua. He says one thing, but takes it back. Uh, again, yeah, you're right. He has shown right now in recent months, he is starting to show the cracks. He's starting to show the effects of that loss. At first, he, of course, he, I think he was more like oh, nostalgia, like, oh, oh, I lost. Okay, cool. And I think as the months have gone, as the weeks, as the, as the days and weeks and months have gone, it's starting to resonate that he lost, and he lost big. And and uh, you're right, you know, he's doing awkward things. He's on this interview. You you saw how crazy. I mean, you didn't see the his face was, but his face doesn't look like a guy. I wasn't having it. No, he he won by a lucky punch. Is it trying to convince himself? Is it is it trying to convince the people that you know who 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 get and who are trying to be too sorry. Is he trying to convince the people who have a short-term memory? Because let's be honest, today's society has short-term memory. So is he trying to convince somebody who's who forgot? You know, yeah, he did lose by a knockout. He like, he, oh, yeah, you're right, he did get knocked down four times. But then he'll say, no, no, he won by a lucky punch. 
And then he'll be like, mm, yeah. he said, he, hey, look, he did. He did. I, I believe him. He, why would he lie? He's the one that lost. Like, he lost by one. He lost by a lucky punch. I can't, I can't question Anthony Joshua. Um, I mean, full of shit. It's full of shit. But it, it, to me, those are, are mental breaks again. You know, like you said, you know, like you, you got, he got knocked down four times in a fight that he was supposed to win. You know, he was a, he was the heavy favorite. He was supposed to win, and he didn't. You lost. Take your take your loss like a man. Come back, and he is. Because again, we announced it last week, and uh, Andrew Weiss has agreed to the terms. He's getting more than ten million dollars for this fight. Um, that's the Saudi money right there. Brian discussed it a couple weeks ago. What the what Saudi money mean, and how much these guys, how much leverage does the Saudis have to get this fight out here? So we know there's a big amount, there's a big amount of money. Andrew Ruiz knew it, Al Heyman knew it, and they agreed to it. So we didn't discuss this last week, and this is what Anthony, Andy Ruiz said um, four days ago in a comment. He says that he will end Anthony Joshua's career in the rematch. Brian. What are your thoughts? So Anthony Joshua goes on and says, I, he won by a lucky punch in Ruiz four days ago when he confirmed I'm going to fight him, but not only am I going to fight him in Saudi Arabia, I'm going to end this man's career in Saudi Arabia. Damn. Is this becoming more of a hostile kind of grudge match, rematch? It's really getting there. I mean, it, it, it could just be, you know, just for a way to promote a fight, whatever it is. It's working because everyone's getting pumped for this fight. Yeah. But... I can't, you know, he, he obviously, he must have that mentality of like, man, I, I won these bills. I did something that many people didn't see, you know, they didn't think it would happen. Now I got them. There's no fucking way I'm going to lose these belts. And I think he's looking at it that way. And he's probably saying if I have to end his career for him to, you know, to get off my dick, I will do it. No man, and I know this. The fight's not gonna happen until what December, I think, or uh... December. Ah, man, yeah, December third and sixth, something like that. Okay, question. I know this is early. I'm asking for prediction, but who has walking into it right now and, and uh, looking at it as uh, as the story is developing and as we're leading into the fight, who is winning? Who's winning the round of the mental warfare as we speak? <sighs> man, that's obvious. Andrew Ruiz is winning that. He's completely winning that. Think so? He really is. I, I think so. I think Andrews is completely winning this psychological war right now with Anthony Joshua. And Eddie Heron, because he was able to bend these guys over the barrel and be like, uh-uh, you're not offering me this shitty contract rematch of just $9 million. There's money over there in that pot, asshole. You need to share it over here. <laughs> throw, exactly. Right. Throw exactly. some change. Throw some change over here, man. Don't don't give me this bullshit that, oh, I signed the rematch class. No, no, no. This fight's bigger than the first fight, bro. Give me my money. It's true because they're the ones saying that oh you know if you don't if you decline to this we're gonna be taken to court and this will take forever or something like that it will take him years to finish this and your boxing and, career will be and over. And we talked about that Andrew Ruiz yeah. can do it and he can come back to the title shot. The man that has to scratch and claw back to the title is gonna be Anthony Joshua instead of Andy Ruiz. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I think that if this was round one. Andrew Ruiz won the mental warfare by not only winning the negotiation, winning the negotiations when it comes to the purse split. He got more money than he was originally guaranteed from in the, uh, as the rematch. As Eddie Hearn says, as it was written down in the contract, um, he Andrew Ruiz has uh, has honestly positioned himself as the champion. Um, 
he looks like he's still the same Andy Ruiz besides the bling here and there. But it's, it's you know, you just won. You're the heavyweight champion, the face of heavyweight boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's kind of actually, you know, playing the part. He's playing the underdog, but he's also playing the champion because I think people are still underestimating him because you got Anthony Joshua going on Sky Sports trying to plead and convince the people there was a lucky punch by the hand of the gods. Um, I think he won, and I think Anthony Joshua's actions of like going on interviews, trying to start beefs with former heavyweight champion Lennox Lewis, putting a tattoo in his middle finger, being this kind of like you know, you know, uh, trying to trying to portray himself as a badass, like I'll fight anybody, any place. We know this about you. You know, no one's ever doubted that you didn't want to fight. It's just now you lost, you got knocked down. Um, this whole, I overlooked him. You're the heavyweight champ. You don't overlook anybody. Everyone is a possible threat because everyone's gunning for you type stuff. Um, uh, he was looking past him. He was looking at Wilder. He was looking at whatever excuses he's, he, he's come up with a million excuses that he'll say one day and the next day back out. And that's typical Anthony Joshua, but I think he's, he's been doing it more lately now than ever before because I think, you know, in this age, it's, it's social media will never let him forget. You lost to the guy from Up. <laughs> so yeah. You lost to the guy that eats Snickers before every training camp. And I'm not disrespecting Andy Ruiz by saying that, but I'm just yeah. saying that's what the public, and he will never be able to forget that. He will never live that down. It's almost like if, if Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson happened in today's era, people will not let Mike Tyson forget that he got knocked the fuck out by Buster Douglas. That re- true. that 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 the uh, the highlight of Buster Douglas landing the right hand and Mike Tyson falling, and then mouthpiece dangling out of his mouth and he's trying to put the mouthpiece back in his mouth would have been a highlight reel in today's yeah. social media right now. I agree. They would have made they would have made memes the same way they did to Anthony Joshua. Oh so, yeah, especially if that shit was around back in the day. So fighters are, are subjected to more scrutinizing, more embarrassing moments than fighters than fighters of 20 years ago. So yeah. Anthony Joshua is in the, is in this new era where he will never live it down that he lost Andrew Ruiz. He will never no. live it down to this day. No. That and that's what and that's what sucks. So you're seeing those you're seeing the mental crack in it, in my opinion. Sorry, in my opinion, you're seeing the mental cracks in Anthony Joshua because of that. Again, starting the beast with Lennox Lewis, this interview itself right here, cold-heartedly saying it was a lucky punch. Even though me and Brian, me and B-Ray just told you guys he got knocked down four times. If you don't believe me, subscribe to The Zone. Go to their library and click it. Because guess what? I bet you Matchroom... Matchroom doesn't like to replay that match, but guess what? The zone wants the viewers. The zone wants the favorite, and the zone will let you watch that fight for a nineteen ninety nine. And I gave him a free plug. The zone, so hey, don't you, you know, just kick back. But again, yeah, you really are doing. If you guys again, if but I'm telling the truth, Brian. If he if he he cannot cold heartedly say I got he won by a lucky punch. No punches. He punched. He gave you punches four times. You got put down on the floor four times. You put this man down once. He put you down four times. He was he was on your ass, and if you got up and the ref allowed you, he would have been on your ass even more. So don't sit there and say he won by a lucky punch, and he won because of the hands of the gods. No, no, he was a more skillful fighter. Yeah, the only way he's gonna correct this is yeah, he he needs to beat him convincingly. He needs to beat Ruiz. Well. 
uh, talking about uh, talking about this fight, Eddie Hearn, who, who was doing the who was right now doing the press tour for this weekend's fight between um, Lomachenko and Luke Campbell, was asked, "What do you think this fight's going to be? This rematch? What do you predict?" He went out and flat flatly said, "This fight goes the distance. It goes to Anthony Joshua." Cold heartedly, convincingly said, "This fight goes the distance." So he even doesn't believe his man can knock can actually <laughs> knock out Andrew Ruiz. No. Nope. Call me and call me an Andrew Ruiz dick diary if you want. But if you don't believe me, go to Fight Hype. He tells Fight Hype itself. They ask him, what do you think of the rematch? How do you think the rematch is going to play out? He flatlightly says, it goes the distance. Anthony Joshua wins by decision. I don't know if he, who's he trying to convince himself or the world, man. Because he could have easily said that. He could have said, oh, Joshua for sure by knockout. He's oh, no, just say, you know what, Joshua, man. Of course I'm going to go with Joshua. Joshua wins. That's it. Uh-huh. Yep. There's no need for like old details or like, oh yeah, he wins by decision. Oh. No, come on, come on, man. No, no. You don't need. You don't need to go that route. Just say no. he would. They win. I mean, I know promoters go out there like, oh my guy's gonna knock this guy out or my guy's gonna do this. My guy's gonna win. Sometimes, don't don't say shit. Just hey, you know what? It's gonna be a good fight, man. Or be like, it's gonna be a good fight. Tune in, man. Tune in. I, I, to this day, do we even know who's streaming it? Is it gonna be on the Zone? Is it gonna be on Showtime? Is it gonna be on Fox PB Fox Pay Per View? I mean, who's streaming? Is it gonna be on YouTube TV? I mean, should I hope so? <laughs> I mean, do we know the details about this yet? Uh, you're probably right. I swear, I thought I saw they're saying it might be on the Zone, but then again, they I don't think they made they made it official. They just made it official that it's happening on December Saudi Arabia, but I don't think yeah, you're right. I don't think they made. A decision of where it's going to be at. Is he going to be on the Showtime WWE Network? Who knows? WWE Network, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, Netflix. I don't. We don't know yet. It, it, I mean, people who are listening, if you guys know, shoot us, shoot us a DM after this episode. After you finish listening to this episode, and let us know. We'd love to hear it. And talking about details, more details are coming out. It is now being said. It's now being said that the rematch between the most anticipated. I'm using air quotes. The most anticipated rematch. <laughs> Of uh, Deontay Weld and Luis King Kong Ortiz is set for uh, November 23rd in Las Vegas. So, so Brian, so B-Ray, I'm sorry, I keep calling you Brian. Your name is Brian, but B-Ray. B-Ray. Yeah, it don't matter. It's set, no, it is because Mr. Luke corrected me. You're B-Ray. The yeah, show, B-Ray, Brian. The, the show is J and B-Ray, not J and Brian. It's J and B-Ray. So, All right, whatever you want to call. <laughs> All right, Mr. B-Ray, November 23rd in Las Vegas. Um. The fight is set. Most likely it's going to be in the T-Mobile Center. Um, what do you think? Again, we've talked about this before. And uh, Ortiz, Wilder, there's no need for this rematch. You guys, We've been very vocal about this. There's no need for the rematch. But it's happening. Yeah, no. no there's no need for the rematch. But I, but I think it's, it's just going to be another exciting fight. Probably the same, same as the first or maybe a bit better. And it's intriguing because, again, you're like, man, why is he taking the rematch and beat him? Because I'm just curious, will, will Ortiz capitalize? Will he, will he learn from whatever whatever mistakes he made in the first one? Will he adjust to it? And will he finish the job? That's will, what was intriguing to me. Will he assume that uh, Wilder will underestimate him the same way that Joshua underestimated mm-hmm. Ruiz? Exactly. Um, That's the tricky part. I doubt like, it, though. We know he, I doubt he, we it. We know he won by Wilder. Knockout, I don't think again. Wilder underestimates nobody, bro. I don't think he does. Again, call me a Wilder dick diver. I don't think this man underestimates anybody <laughs> he steps into the ring with. I think 
He is fully aware. He's in a champion mode. These men are here to take my... He's a, he's like the trainer Winky Ray when Winky Ray fought Shane Mosley and Winky was being too soft on Mosley. And his trainer, yep. I think it was a Kevin Cunningham, told him, you know, you know, get your shit right, son. This man's trying to take your fucking living away. <laughs> you know, because Winky was... Because Winky Ray was kind of keeping you know, taking it easy on Shane and Shane Mosley. Yeah, yeah. Shane Mosley was starting to win a couple rounds and that's when his trainer goes, hey, wake the fuck up. This guy's trying to take your fucking living away, son. <laughs> And I remember me, and you, uh, you stop with, oh, get to, oh, there you go, there you go. You said, good night, quote, stop with the glove touching bullshit. You'll be fucking friends later, later. This guy's trying to take your fucking living away. There you go. I remember, thank you, Brad. I was trying to remember, I was trying to word it, but you're right. He told him, stop with the glove touching bullshit. Because every round, they would touch gloves. And at, every every time the bell rang, they touched gloves. Every time the every time the bell rang for that round 10, they would touch gloves. And, and it would piss him off. And I think that's the same mentality that, fuck, that, um, that Wilder walks into it. Hey, fuck being friends, man. You're trying to take my living away. <laughs> yeah, I'll just never forget that because I, I just can't remember where a trainer would say that. So, yeah, that's why I always remember that line. <laughs> you know, quit with the love touching bullshit. You know, be yeah. fucking friends later. Yeah. Trying to take your living away, son. Trying to take your living away. <laughs> um, but no, no, I, I think Wilder doesn't underestimate nobody. I don't think so. I think... Um, Wilder's taking this fight as serious as he can be. He considers Ortiz a threat, which I think many people don't because of the first fight. I'm one of the people that believe the first fight, the second fight, should even happen because it was a clear-cut win in the first fight. He's keeping himself busy. As we're talking about that, um, the date came out November 23rd, and Tyson Fury did an interview. Um, I don't remember the source. He did an interview in which he said that that um, Wilder had to pick a date. And it had to be before November because these guys are arguing are going to clash in January or February. So he needed to fight yeah. before November or this fight was not going to take place. What the fuck, man? So I guess they, they're, I don't know if this Tyson Fury's way of saying, oh, I negotiated and I'm making moves here. I'm the boss. And I said he had to fight before November and he has to do it before November or there was going to be no fight. Now... I don't know how true that is. Yeah, uh, exactly. I was about to say, how true is that fucking source, though? I, I mean, it came out of Fury's mouth, so I don't know. But again, I don't know how true that 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 that's act, that that's what was entitled. What was, was the details in the contract? That look, okay, you take you take a uh, you take a tune up. I take a tune up, but we both have to fight before November, so we can set up our fight for January or I think February. I think he said February, right? I think, I think it was February, yeah. But look it up right now. I think February. But mm. what do you think of that though? Like he's saying, oh, well, no, I set it up. No, that's the way it was set well, up. Well, then again, if it's just coming out from Tyson Fury, then uh, you just can't take it that seriously, then. Because if no one it. else is speaking about it, not even ESPN, then don't even believe the the shit that's coming out of his mouth. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. Gotta take it with a grain of salt. Uh, exactly, because if he's the only one talking, then yeah, I don't I, believe it. I don't think I found. I don't have it here. Fuck, I thought I did. All right, hold on. <laughs> we go on the next one. We had a topic. Do do do. I had. Uh, what? God damn it! Hold on, I had it right here, guys. I'm sorry. I usually haven't prepared. All right, so moving from the heavyweight division, we're gonna divert real quick. Uh, many of you who have been listening since day one know that someone's that the first time that B-Ray joined us was for uh, uh, two years ago. B-Ray joined us Shit. as a regular, and it was for a recap of a fight that happened two years ago on Monday, which was the considered to be one of the biggest fights in combat history when you had two of the best, two fighters, the two of the most polarizing fighters in two different industries. 
You had Conor, Conor the Notorious McGregor from MMA, UFC, and you had Floyd Money Mayweather from boxing, and they met in an exhibition. No, it wasn't even an exhibition, but they met in a matchup. Yep. To to see to rate who would reign supreme as the box office champ, basically. This, in and you know it was McGregor, uh, Mayweather McGregor. You guys heard us talk about it. It was a circus fight. We we butchered it. We said for sure we're gonna watch it, but we know the outcome. And of course, history showed what the outcome was. But Brian, everybody on social media posted it. It was a two-year anniversary of these two men battling out. So uh, I give you the mic, and I want to get your take now that it's been two years. What's your what's the aftertaste for you? Like, uh, what's the what was the impact of this fucking fight overall? Like, I mean, what's your take on this fight? Well, I think we learned from that fight that. If you have two box office, you know, attraction, even, and I learned that it don't matter if we know the outcome. If these two people can grab your fucking attention, man, they, they've done their job. And it still amazes me when I think of that, that we all knew what was going to be the outcome. We know the story. One's an MMA, one, the other guy's the, the boxer. It's going to be in boxing rules. And these two guys are, I guess you can say charismatic. They're both shit talkers. I just learned that. <laughs> When you combine all that, it becomes a huge spectacle. It's not competitive, but people are still drawn to that. So, to this day, man, it's just it's mind blowing to think of that. That simple things like that, you know, can attract many pay per view buys. You know, can attract many people to be interested to see this fight, knowing even if there is an outcome. You would think that no, it only takes for the best fight, the best, and we don't know who might win. It's it's just mind blowing, and I, I can't believe it was two years ago. By the way, I just on I just just a couple of days ago when I saw the man's been two years, I was just amazed. Like it, it hasn't been that long already. It just feels like it was yesterday that that should happen. And, uh, of how ridiculous of the press conference that we saw. Mm-hmm. It was in L.A., New York, Canada, and London. It was a four city tour. London, exactly. Yeah, um, but uh, I I think that's what it taught us, really. Yeah, and I don't think we'll never see something like that ever again. That's yeah. just my opinion. I don't think so either. Um, I agree with you. I think um, it is it is astonishing to know that when almost ninety nine point nine percent of the people knew the outcome of this fight, knew what was going to happen, regardless of one guy being inactive and the other guy being in his physical prime, we knew what was going to happen. And it grossed. It was one of the second best grossing boxing events of all time. And it's funny that a couple weeks after that, we had one of the best middleweight fights, and it didn't even crack the same amount of numbers that no. this fight cracked. It's astonishing. Yeah, yeah. You're right. When you have two polarizing, charismatic shit talkers from two different industries come clashing together, it's sold. And, and, and I agree. It's sold. But uh, I think it's sold for two reasons. Um, again, reiterating, they're both charismatic in a way. They, they, both know how to, they, know, they both know how to fish hook everybody into watching them. Secondly, I think uh, Conor McGregor it was so crazy. Conor Mania was so crazy at that time that this was a guy that went to Brazil and insulted the insulted the man, insulted the man he was in a fight, which is Jose Aldo. This is the man that would grab his belt from press conferences and be yelling that I'm the champ and fuck you and all this stuff. And you felt, damn, this guy's this guy's a lunatic. You don't know what he's gonna do next. And I think people felt. That on uh, August 26th, yet we found we knew it was boxing rules with boxing gloves. Everything is boxing, but I think a piece of us, I think a, a, a small percentage of us thought 
this motherfucker might say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna fucking knee this guy in the face and ground and pound this up. Let me get disqualified. Fuck it, man. People already paid for this fight. I already got my paycheck. I already got my paycheck. What am I gonna? What are they gonna do? Find me? Fuck you. I already got the. I already got, got my guaranteed money, man. And I think that's why people tuned in for those two reasons. They know how to. These guys knew how to fish hook us into watching. And I think the small portion of people watched it thinking that Conor McGregor was gonna throw a roundhouse kick and was gonna it was gonna flatline. Floyd Mayweather and he was gonna jump on top of Floyd Mayweather and start grounding and pounding him and then out of nowhere fucking Showtime cuts the feed <laughs> I, and that's my take on what I saw two years ago and I and when I saw the picture when I saw the posting of every every uh, boxing and combat sports uh, Instagram page and I go that's what it was I honestly think that and I remember I don't know if Mr. Lou who listens to it shout out to Mr. Lou he even said it uh-huh. in, in an interview on Ryan Alcoholics he hopes that Conor McGregor kicks up, kicks Floyd Mayweather and says "fuck your boxing rules" and does you know kicks him. They, it, the fight the fight wasn't worth shit unless Conor McGregor decides to kick him and says you know what fuck your boxing rules I'm gonna go with my rules. And again, that's what I felt people tuned in for, Brian. Pe- people tuned in to see if this fight would materialize into a mayhem fight. The chaos would ensue. Yeah, exactly. And it did. It ended up being a ended up being a showcase of Conor McGregor giving us giving us a little bit of a show and dance. Throwing, throwing his hands, and Floyd Mayweather methodically breaking this guy down because he realized, you know, hey, yeah, you're an MMA fighter, but you're not, you're in no boxing shape, and I'm gonna beat your ass and school you, and the refs gonna fucking stop the fight before I pretty much pummel your ass. And that's what happened. But I think too, uh, if you think about it as well, I, um, if you watch that fight, I, I still like to think that was pretty entertaining. Even though you know the outcome, I mean, it was still it was just so entertaining, and I think, like you said, probably one of the reasons that we were all glued to the TV was because we were expecting a roundhouse kick. I mean, the only thing Conor was doing was um, like the hammer, right? Hammer fist on hand. That was the only thing that he kept doing. And but I thought the fight was still pretty entertaining in a way. So here's my question: Two years later, dust is settled. We're talking about it right now. Who did this benefit? It didn't benefit boxing. It didn't benefit MMA. It for sure it benefited Floyd Mayweather, and it benefited Conor McGregor. But did it benefit anybody else besides those two men? Well, that's a good question when you put it that way. I can't. I just feel like it didn't benefit anything really. I mean, it just made these two guys more money. I mean, it didn't make boxing any bigger. It didn't make MMA any bigger. It, they're still, you know, they're to me they're still not um, hand in hand. They're still there. Neither of them has shown supremacy. Yeah, I mean, it didn't benefit nobody. Yeah, it was, it was kind of promoted as boxing versus MMA, but besides these two men, who did it benefit? I mean, and and it reminds me when when uh, Dana White criticized Oscar De La Hoya and Bob Arum when they said, "Look, you guys had two of the best fighters in the world, Floyd Mayweather, De La Hoya. This could have been your fucking WrestleMania, and instead you gave us bullshit undercards and gave us a boring fight. This is your opportunity to show why boxing is better." Well, guess what? You guys had the all of the eyes were on you guys, and Dana White was involved in this, and you guys gave us a shitty undercard. <laughs> so I mean, again, who did it, it didn't benefit boxing because boxing still does what it does, and it didn't bet it didn't benefit the UFC because the UFC does the same thing it does now. At best, it does it even worse now because Conor McGregor has now think he, he's his, he's his own boss, even though he's a fucking employee of the UFC. And that's different, yeah. I know. And most likely, MMA fans are listening to him. Like, you don't know shit. Yeah, I probably don't. I shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm giving you guys my opinion. So that's what it is. 
Oh, man. And that Connor, too, man, he ain't doing right, right? Uh, he ain't doing, you know, good, so. Well, the, uh, well I think, uh, I was going to see real quick. I sent the meme. I, I think you saw it. I put it on the group chat with the Ramblers. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I saw it. <laughs> okay, hold on, let me see it right now. It says, uh, so it says, Connor McGregor's last three opponents <laughs> he has defeated. It was him throwing a dolly to a bus, <coughs> him breaking a phone, and him punching an old man. And it says yeah, Connor, Connor, has, Connor has defeated his Connor's last three opponents. But, sad. It's it's sad he, he goes through that, man. I think nobody can defend him now. I mean, even Brent, Brendan Shop said it too. I saw a video like that where he says, "I can't defend him anymore. It's just pathetic." The same, an old man. Ben and Shop was in the same bus. I mean, the why was why I can't defend Floyd Mayweather's actions when he's like he made us wait for one week for his announcement and for him to come out saying I'm in the gambling business. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stand there and defend Floyd Mayweather anymore. I was like, no more. Can't do it no more. Okay. All right. This this weekend we got Lomachenko fighting Luke Campbell and Lomachenko. 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 Vasily Lomachenko, the Matrix, and he was um, asked the question, "Who is the be- who is the best pound for pound fighter in the world?" Lomachenko um, said, "You know, he said the guys like Earl Spence, uh, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Terence Crawford, all call themselves the best, and they all have a reason for. It. They all have a reason, but he considers mm-hmm. himself the best fighter in the world, which now raised up the question by many people on a different um, podcast platforms, different Instagram pages, who is the number one best fighter in the world?" Um, a lot of people want to put Canelo Alvarez in the top three. I'm one of the few people that don't even have him in the top five. Brian, as as we've we uh, as we've discussed, I feel that pound for pound lists are subjective. Um, I have also discussed why my criteria of my own pound for pound list, but um, I don't think I've ever given you a chance. Um, if you right now can make your own pound for pound list, um, I'll give you the top four. Who would be your top four best pound for pound fighters currently right now fighting actively? Top of my head, of course. Uh, let's see. Top four. Or do you, if you want to do five, whatever. How many you can count out to yourself right now if you want to do yourself? If this was the B-raised pound for pound list. Well, I have... I. I always agree with you that Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford is number one. I give him that. And then number Chinko, number two. And I have Errol Spence number three, in my opinion. Okay. My opinion, he's number three. But number four, I, I swear they have to look at the damn uh, list of people. But number four, man. But you know what? Those are the top three people that I, I think of, honestly, right now. So, that, in, in the pound Com- pound list, those are the three guys. So you have Terrence Crawford, Lomachenko, and Errol Spence Jr. as your top three. Yes. Okay. Um, again, and one, and I know you said you agree with me on why I have my list, but again, this is me asking you personally. Why yeah. would you rank it that way? Like, what is your criteria of ranking these men and the way you rank them right now? It, yeah, it, it's by skills. Okay. Because I, I, I love because I love that idea, and I feel like that's the proper way to rank the pound for pound list. I don't like popularity. I just feel like, well, then almost or, almost anybody can do that. Or resume. Or resume. There we go. I just love the style. Okay. Because that's what's all about in the ring. That style could possibly beat almost everybody. And that's how I see it. Okay. 
Um, so I'll give you guys my top five list right now. Uh, yeah, so I'll go number one. And this has not been updated since, I think, two months, three months ago. And my, my list is always unpopular when it comes to certain fans. I think this um, was two months ago. Two months yeah. ago, thank you. And yeah. that's because boxing, some boxing fans are very tribal. Like, you you know, they're, oh, you're, you're hating on something. I'm not hating on any fucking fighter in the world. I just feel the skill for skill wise, I don't think he he mounts up as the best fighter in the world, or he belongs in this fucking category, or he belongs in the category, or he belongs here, he belongs there. My 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 criteria is skills, skill for skill, no division. If everybody fought in the same weight class, these are the guys that I believe would be the top of the would be the top of the boxing world, and I and I still have it right here at number one, Terence Crawford, at number two, Vasily Lomachenko, who's fighting this weekend, at number three. Um, the right now the undisputed cruiserweight champion who's gonna move up soon to heavyweight, Oleksandr Usyk, at number four Earl Spence Jr. and at number five I have Canelo Alvarez, which outrages a lot of people that have Canelo Alvarez at number five. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you know, and the reason I bring it up because the fact that you know some 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 people like right now boxing memes have have them consider the Terence Crawford. Terence Crawford, Canelo Alvarez, and Lomachenko, the top three best pound-for-pound pound, pound for pound fighters in the world. And I bet you if I go to other pages, everyone else is starting to do the same thing, where they're starting to put these guys as the top three best fighters in the world. And I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that Canelo deserves to be at number five. I, besides, I, if you're going to base it on resume, I can see your point. But if you're just going to base it on skills, you're really going to tell me that Canelo Alvarez, if... If Lomachenko was in the same weight class as Canelo Alvarez, Lomachenko wouldn't smoke Canelo Alvarez? You're telling me if Terrence Crawford was a middleweight, super middleweight, like heavyweight, whoever decides Canelo decides to fight nowadays, Terrence Crawford wouldn't, would not whip Canelo's ass? You're seriously telling me that, folks. I have him at number five because I don't believe he can take any of these guys down. That's, again, that is my I, opinion. My opinion, my, this, is the, this is the list that is subjective. Just like Brian gave you his list. Just the way if I ask Mr. Lou this question, Mr. Lou will have his own list. Same way if I ask guys from the corner boxing to do it, they'll have their own list. And et cetera and et cetera. People will have their own list and it'll be different. It'll and they're subjective. But don't I mean to me, having Canelo Alvarez, you're giving this man too much credit. I think I saw an, I saw a tweet from Dan Raffia going that he can say he can say that Canelo Alvarez uh I think he said, Canelo Alvarez, Anthony Joshua, and Vasily Lomachenko are the only fighters that come in mind that they will fight anybody without no excuse. That's kind of what he put it as. And I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with Dan Refio. That's Dan Refio's. Again, that's Dan Refio's own opinion. That's his own thing. And again, that does not put him in the top top five pound for pound list or even the top three pound for pound, in my opinion. No, I, I think he's, he he uh, he should be at least like yeah in the top ten, not even top five. This is my opinion. Well, that, that's why I have him. I have him number five. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have him number five, and I remember I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't agree. I I would put him number six. I had him at number right there in the top. In I top had 10. him at number. I had him at number six. I had him at number seven, and people gave me shit. I had him at number five, people give me shit. <laughs> I remember I went on a rant about that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, because a lot of people believe he should be number one. That's just their opinion. Well, that's their opinion. You said it. You just said it yourself. All right, uh-huh. continue going. Um, last week we talked about the time that um, Triple G and Eddie Hearn have teamed up 
They will be partnering up from now until Triple G's contract with his own ends. And we asked, what happened to Tom Loeffler? Is Tom Loeffler in part of Triple G now? For real. So here is an, an audio of Tom Loeffler, who is still part of Triple G's promotion team. And Tom Loeffler, oh, Tom Loeffler was asked, what's next for Triple G? And he says there's chances to fight Billy Joe Sanders. And he, call, and he calls Canelo versus Sergey Kovalev not as dangerous as him fighting Triple G. And, of course, Tom Loeffler promotes Triple G. He works with Triple G. So, of course, he's going to hype his man up. So, here's Tom Loeffler's own words right now, guys. Fight <laughs> you. can't knock that fight. If uh, Canelo goes up uh, two divisions uh, to fight Kovalev, you know, that's an interesting fight. I, I don't think it's as dangerous a fight as fighting Triple G a third time. And that's probably why he's chosen to, to go in that direction. But, fight you. you can't. So he says that fighting Kovalev is not is not dangerous. That fighting Triple G a third time is as dangerous. So he he kind of sees why he'd rather fight Kovalev than Triple G a third time. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, he, I mean, he would say that, of course. Well, of course, you you know, you're his promoter. Of course, you're gonna say that. Well, exactly, you're gonna say that. So yeah, not not a surprise for me. <laughs> not a surprise. All right. Uh, talking about Canelo, talking about Kovalev. Let's talk about this past Saturday night. And again, I know people are like, oh, you're, you're going to jump on what Tom Loeffler's going to say? We're going to come back to that. Don't worry. We're going to come back. <laughs> put, put a pin on that. We're going to come back to that. This past Saturday night in Russia on ESPN+, Plus, Sergey Kovalev defended his WBO Light Heavyweight Champion against, against ugh, repeating again, I'm like Joey two times. I'm going to the toilet. I'm going to the toilet. Um, <laughs> no, I'm getting, no, I'm getting the paper. I'm getting the paper. Um, uh... He defended his WBO title against Anthony Yard. Um, I had, in my prediction, that Anthony Yard was going to win late-round stoppage. I yeah. felt that, that Sergey Kovalev was mentally going to break against his young lion. Against his young lion. Um, and he didn't. I think you said this was going to go the distance. Yep. And I think you had Kovalev winning it going to the distance. Kovalev winning, exactly. Well, neither of us were right. Sergey Kovalev won by an 11th-round knockout. By a jab. All three, all three <laughs> yeah. judges' scorecards had Kovalev winning. So if it went the distance, Kovalev would have won easily. I saw the fight. Uh, that I think the the next day, I only gave Anthony R round eight, which was his most exciting round. Which I felt he almost put. He, I think uh, he almost put Kovalev away, but uh, the inexperience of the young lion prevented it. And of course, Kovalev being a veteran was able to survive the full round of onslaught that Anthony Yard gave him. Um, Kovalev put on a good show uh, in front of his hometown. A, uh-huh. He closed the show the way he should have closed the show. And, 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 and the crazy thing, it was just a jab. To me, it was he just jabbed. It was, like a, it was like a bazooka jab, something like that. Oh, yeah, it was like a bazooka jab. But to me, it was like it was like a forceful jab, in my opinion. And Yard just Yard just looked out of his... Uh, he just looked out of it by this time. You got to imagine this kid hasn't gone the distance that much. He, he It's his first crack at a title against a veteran world champion. Um, Andre Ward said it himself. He's not strong, but he hits hard. That was kind of the narrative that Andre Ward was kind of saying throughout the fight. Sergey Kovalev is not a strong man, but he hits hard. Hard. <laughs> and and we saw that. So he won, and I think a lot of people's eyes were on this fight this past Saturday because we've been talking here on this show and many other podcasts have been doing it. Canelo Alvarez has been eyeing a Kovalev fight. It was supposed to be Canelo versus Kovalev in a couple weeks. No, in October. Kovalev, mm-hmm. Kovalev declined it because he didn't like the money. He, he felt he was being treated as a prostitute, his words. <laughs> 
Anthony Yard even said, yeah, these guys were planning to fight each other. They even offered me money to step aside. And I said, no. So this fight was getting more legit. Uh, after the fight, of course, we felt that he was going to call him out. But what happened? Social media went crazy. And talks of a Sergey Kovalev-Canelo fight was being mentioned. Yep. To the point that the zone is saying the zone and Golden Boy want to have this fight on November second. Um, it's not official yet, though. So I'm not gonna announce it as an official, but that is a target date. A lot of people are throwing white uh, are, are throwing red flags, saying that it's too soon for Kovalev. He was just even though he won all the rounds, even though he won by knockout, it he was in a tough fight. He did get touched up. Is it too soon to have a ten-week training camp after you just after you just came out of a hard eleven-round fight, and you're going against basically a well-rested man who's coming up in weight? Now, me and Brian talked about this a couple weeks ago. We said Canelo wanted to fight him. That the rumors were that DAZN signed off on it. That the rumors were that they were offering him money. That Kovalev felt it was shit, and that the rumor was that Canelo was was insisting not Canelo, Canelo's team was insisting of a rehydration clause and were insisting in a catch weight. As of Saturday night, supposedly they offered Kovalev fifteen to sixteen million dollars guaranteed. Which is more money than Kovalev has ever seen. More money than he saw in the two ward fights. There so rumor is there is no rehydration clause. And rumor is there is no catch weight. They just want him November 2nd, which would give Kovalev only 10 weeks to prepare for this fight. So right now, he would he would technically, by the end, by next week, he should already be starting training camp. Or, or, Damn. Exactly. So a lot of people throwing red flags saying that's too soon. Are they trying to pick at him now because he just came out of a hard fight again, folks? I reiterate, he won the fight, yes. But if you look at his face, he did get, he did get hit. And I just said it right now. He looked like he was going to get knocked out in the eighth round. So, Brian, after hearing what I just said right now, after hearing me go on this rant, what is your take? You know, there's two things he can do. He can, you know, put his foot down and be like, fuck no. We're fighting, you know, at a good date. Give me a good time to, to train. Or just say, fuck it. Fine. I'll take the fight. Take the money. Have the fight. I don't care when lose a draw. I'm retiring. Then is that is that really a competitive fight then? When you know you're not 100, percent but you're just taking it for the money. Again, they're prize fighters. They are fighting. For yeah, the prize. exactly. But I don't. I think I believe I. I believe Andre Ward said this. I, I believe I read this. I believe it was him that said this. I don't know if you read it or heard about it. He said that you know that he and he believes that uh, Kovalev should take the fight with Canelo. Take the fight. Take the big money that they're about to give you, man. Have that fight, and just call it a career. Because from there on, it's just gonna your fights are just gonna be very difficult and difficult and difficult now. Hmm. And he said that he feels like he should just take the kind of fight, get you know, you know, get paid as much as he can, you know, whichever the amount that he wants. Take the fight and and you know just end your career, and I think he might do that. So think, I don't know how old is he, but he's leaning towards that. I think he's 36, 35, 36 years old. You Something know? like that, yeah. So, yeah, he's on, he's kind of in the in the twilight of his career in boxing. Yeah. And many people's views boxing. Um, I kind of kind of agree in a way, but 
Why so quick of a turnaround? Why can't you fight November 23rd? Why can't you fight? No- um, let me look at the dates right now. Let me look. Oh, he can't be 23rd because that's been taken, so he's not going to compete. Why? But he could. Why, Brian, why not? Canelo's the face of boxing. Why not? I agree. Yeah, why not? But knowing them, they're not going to fucking do it. You can fight November November 9th, November 16th, November 23rd, November 30th. He could do that too. He could do that. Why? Why is why is November? Uh, what was I saying? Why is, second, November, I why is November second so imperative for Dzone and Canelo to fight? Yeah, that's the thing too. I, I don't know what's the excuse. Oh well, that's the only time we can get the venue, whatever they want. We'll fucking move it somewhere else then. There, there's no. From what I know, there's no venue. So, everyone, no. everyone is up in arms. Rumor is that Kovalev doesn't want to do it. Kovalev's trainer doesn't want to do it. Kovalev's management doesn't want to do it. Well, Steve Kim from ESPN said that he had just spoke to Igas Klimas, which is the manager of Sergey Kovalev, and Buddy McGirt, who is a trainer of Sergey Kovalev, and they both said the November 2nd turnaround for Sergey Kovalev is no issue. So if he has no issue, why is everyone throwing it up in arms now? Do you, do you have an issue with it? Is there an issue for you right now that the November 2nd is, is the fight, the fight date for this guy? I mean, yeah, in the sense of like it, it's just a little early for already Kovalev to go to, to go train. So I find it a bit of an issue. But if Kovalev thinks that he can do it, then I guess by all means, fucking do it. But I just think that's just short notice. You're telling me that after this fight, he has to. I guess he has a one. What I guess one week to rest. Two weeks. And well, two weeks. Okay, he's finishing this week off right now. Yeah, he could probably take next week off. Let me see. I mean, he can fight an eight-week training camp. Giving. Like right now we're where the <clears throat> sorry I'm taking the calendar right now we're on August fucking shit man I'm sorry we're on August 28th yeah. he can have one, one he can start training camp September 9th so it's one two three four five six seven eight he can have an eight week training camp which is very normal in boxing to have eight week training camps if he takes yeah. two weeks off to recover let the swelling go down in his face because he was a little bruised up I mean you know come on guys we gotta admit this Anthony uh, Anthony Yard gave him a good fight. You know, give him two weeks to recover. I mean, um, my thing is this. Why are boxing fans giving, throwing red flags for this if we were okay for Andrew Ruiz to, to, to win a fight, take two weeks off, and then go on a six-week training camp to fight Anthony Joshua? We were okay with that, but not okay with this, though. You know, and... Uh, and I'm not, def- I'm, I'm, I'm not here to play. I'm, um, well, I'll say I'm, I'm here playing devil's advocate in a way because I want people to explain to me why we were okay with Andy Ruiz doing it. And we were all thinking that Andy Ruiz was being sent to the slaughterhouse with only a six-week yeah. training camp. Remember that? I was, I, remember one of, I, was, I was in the boat here going, this is too soon. But fuck it, man. He's getting offered a lot of money. Take the money. He's probably going to lose. Take the money. And we thought, you know, what could happen? Andy Ruiz shocked, shook up the world. Yeah. Kovalev just came in a hard fight. Yes, he almost got he almost got put away in the eighth round. But look, he came back and he won. If he takes two weeks off, he can get an eight-week training camp, prepare himself to fight Canelo Alvarez. We hope that the rumors are true. There is no rehydration clause. There is no catch weight. The Canelo will fight him legitly at 175 pounds. We're, we have yet to be confirmed that this is all true. But if it is true, Brian, let's say that Canelo is going to put, is going to literally take the, he's literally gonna do. He's literally gonna dare to be great, and he's gonna move up two divisions and fight Kovalev at his natural division with no strings attached, no, no, no rehydration clause, no bullshit, none of this stuff. Would you still be? Would you still uh, 
feel the same way? There's yeah, two. I'll probably still that be like, man, that's still, that's still a bit short notice, but again, fuck the way I think. But yeah, I'll, I'll feel that way. But like, that's short notice, guys. I still feel that short, short notice. So, after watching Anthony Yard Kovalev, I can see why Canelo wants to fight him. Kovalev is a guy, you know, he has a great jab, great right hand. He does no left hook. Not too well, not too, um, Kovalev is not too fond of the body shots. Um, Kovalev is very easy to hit. He's very stationary, which would give Canelo Alvarez the advantage. Of guy, if someone like Anthony Yard was able yeah. to smack him around, Definitely. if someone like Anthony Yard was able to hurt him, I feel I could see why um, Eddie and Chapo and Canelo feel like this is a great fight for us. It's a good highlight reel for us to move up. It, it's a good um, a good name on a resume. and I, uh-huh. So I could see why it's entertaining, but Kovalev does have that factor, the right hand. And you're moving up in weight against a natural fighter. And Kovalev is a natural light heavyweight who bangs. And people forget, Kovalev killed the man in the ring once. I don't now, know about that part. <laughs> now, I'm in the boat, and I and people were like, well, wasn't it you last week that said that Kovalev doesn't have it anymore? Yes, I have, and I'm still in that boat. <laughs> the Sergey Kovalev of four years ago no longer exists. Andre Ward dismantled that fucking image already. But he is still a formidable foe, and we saw that last Saturday night, that he is still a force in the division. But we also saw a guy... That four years ago wouldn't have allowed Anthony Yard to touch him up like that because Anthony Yard would have been afraid to get into the lion's den with the crusher. Because uh, guess what? Andre Ward dismantled that aura of it, that that fear everyone had. He had like a Kovalev again. I said I reiterate, Kovalev had an aura about him four years ago. Nobody wanted to fight him. Adonis Stevenson openly avoided him. Only guys like John Pascal, Bernard Hopkins. And random fighters, they, they were able to convince to fight Kovalev, stepped in the ring with him. And we all saw what happened. He crushed them. Until an Olympic gold medalist, who was a former super middleweight champion, said, I'll take the challenge. And he did. And he got put down. And he came back and beat him. And he came back the second fight and did better. And we saw what happened. Me and Brian, me and B-Ray discussed this last week. We saw people say, well, if Ward can do it, I can do it. And they all stood up to him. This past Saturday night, you saw a young lion saying, I'm going to I'm gonna dare to be great. And he stood there, and he fought 11 hard rounds, and he almost got the win on the eighth round. Bet four years ago, that wouldn't have happened, man. Four years ago, that kid wouldn't have dared. His promoter would have not put him in there against a killer like that. Four years I think ago, he would have fished him off. Four years ago, Canelo Alvarez would have never discussed moving up to light heavyweight to fight the, the biggest puncher in the heavyweight, light heavyweight division. But that was four years ago. Kovalev is a different man. Kovalev is 36. Kovalev has had three losses already. Two of them by knockdown. By knockout. Completely different animal this time. But he's still a formidable foe. And this fight is interesting. I'm, it, I, it, play, it would be interesting. It will be, And I'll play Divas Africa. I think, it's, I think it's enough time. Proper training camps are eight weeks. If you can get ten weeks, that's great. But eight weeks is more than enough. Kovalev, yeah, his car had a hard fight, but I think you just said it yourself. You you quoted Andre Ward and saying, look, if you're going to take this fight, take the fight. But if win, lose, or draw, call it a career. Because guess what? After this, these fights are going to get harder. And guess what? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the same payday. Nope. Tell that's me, on give that's me that's one, that's Give me one fighter that will guarantee him 15 to $16 million right now. Fuck no. Nobody. Nobody. 
So why are we so why are we thinking any different here? Kovalev, I think if Kovalev does it, it is going to be for the money. But guess what? He's a prize fighter and he's fighting for a fucking prize. Yeah. And that's a nice <laughs> it's a, that's a nice paycheck. It is a big yeah, the biggest paycheck ever, ever of his career. Of course he's going to fucking take it. So we'll see what happens. Um, this Saturday night, um, Vasily Lomachenko, as we've been discussing throughout the whole show, is fighting against Luke Campbell for the WBC light heavyweight title, light heavyweight lightweight title that was vacated by Andy, um, Andy by Mikey Garcia. I'm sorry, guys. Um, we usually do a, a prediction segment, but um, I think when it comes to Lomachenko, until I see Lomachenko fighting a serious threat, I don't think there's a prediction here. Lomachenko wins. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 oh, fuck I, yeah, he I, does. Are we both in agreement that Lomachenko's going to win this Saturday? Fuck yeah. He takes that WBC belt. And if he loses, well, that's something really to talk about next week. <laughs> that would be great for a great topic next week. But Definitely. We're not having a prediction segment because me and both, me and both, both me and B-Ray are in agreement. This is an easy Lomachenko win. It is. No disrespect to Luke Campbell, but right now, if he's not fighting guys like Tank Davis, if he's not fighting Mikey Garcia, if he's not fighting any, if he's not moving up in weight, there is really no challenge at 135 pounds for him right now. No. Um, Teofimo Lopez will wait because he is going to fight uh, Richard Comey for the IBF. Besides Teofimo Lopez, that's the only fight I'm interested in, and that's the only fight I actually would take my time to break down and get my prediction for. But I agree. For this Saturday night's fight, I mean Lomachenko, I think he wins. I don't. I'm not even go. As, I'm. I'm not going to go far and give my. Give what's up. I just don't think Lomachenko wins this Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's no really reason to, to go much into it because you're right. Yeah, I don't know how many times we have seen Lomachenko uh, fighting in that division that it just doesn't spark, I guess, interest. There's no competition. That Lopez kid, I, I hope they make that fight very soon, but it just seems like they're just going to be, you know, continuing avoiding him. All right, so... Um, we usually post up fan questions, and this is the last part of the segment before we call it a night. We usually always do fan questions, and usually we get questions here and there. Some are inappropriate, some are not even allowed to be read here, um, and some of them not even serious inquiries. But we have two fan questions tonight. So I'm going to start off with the first one, and this is, again, from uh, Good Friends Corner Boxing. They sent a, a question out here, Brian, uh, to me and you. We will okay. see the rematch on February 22nd, 2020, between Fury, Fury versus Wilder. If Wilder does fight Ortiz on November twenty third, do you feel that is a little close? That's a little close for a rematch of that magnitude. We just we just talked about it right now. But Brian, what do you feel? Do you think that's too close from November to February for Wilder for a turnaround? Yeah, it is actually kind of a little close because when when you think about it, when a fight, you know, when a boxer, you know, just finished having their fight. Uh, the shortest that I've ever seen him come back is like four months later. Uh, so I, I feel three is just a little short. So yeah, I do feel it's a little short actually. But but if they could manage to do it, like you said, like if, they, if, if they're okay with an eight week um, training camp, then they'll be fine. But I, I always find it pretty short. But then again, they know what they're doing. I guess they know how the body functions. But I always thought that you know three months after your, you know your last fight, it's just a little short notice. Well, it depends how grueling the first fight. And, and I'll answer that too. I think it depends how grueling this fight's going to be. If this is a a drag out fight, 
where you know both guys are just beating the shit out of each other. This is like a Rocky versus Creed type fight, which I I'm not. Yeah. Or this is a I'm sorry. This is a Gotti versis War type heavyweight scrap, yeah. or a Ernie Shavers versus Holy um a Foreman type fight, or a Riddick Bow versus Holyfield type fight. Then I can see that that it's too short notice because Wilder would have to recover, and it's kind of going to the same topic where we talked about Kovalev versus Canelo. Um, people are throwing red flags that it's too soon for Kovalev to do this fight because he's just came. Even though he won, he still has to recover from those bruises he took in that fight. So depending, yeah. I think depending on the outcome, if Wilder goes in there and smokes Ortiz, then whatever. I think what fucking uh, uh, Wilder will be back. Wilder will be sipping pina coladas in Vegas for a couple of days and then go back in training camp two weeks two weeks later. Um, yeah. Same thing with uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury wipes out uh, this one guy. Same thing with him. But if they're both in two grueling fights, it 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 kind of it kind of takes away from the magnitude of this rematch. And I, I it really, does. you know, does, does it take it away? I, depending on how how this fight goes. If well, again, Wild Ortiz becomes a fucking again Gotti Ward, Holyfield Bow. Shavers versus Foreman type fight, then yeah, I think it's a short notice fight, and it doesn't favor Wilder, and it also takes away of the uh, takes away hype from the rematch with uh, Fury with Fury in, in twenty twenty. I think that was a good question. Thank you for corner boxing. Um, you get the next one, which would be the last one. Give me a sec. Two, two, two. Ah, shit. Give me a sec. Hold on, hold on. All right, this is from Ways. Ways. Three three five, ways three three five puts. If a prank, if given, giving both fighters, who would win? Floyd Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez in their prime. Well, we saw this fight already. But his question is, Brian, who would win in their prime? For real, in their prime. So well, technically, if you look, if you look at it, Canelo right now is in his prime. Yes. So this would be Canelo Alvarez now versus Floyd Mayweather in his prime, which would probably be what Pretty Boy Floyd, one hundred and thirty pounds. When he fought the, uh, Diego Corrales? Yeah, I would say that, yeah. Okay, so let's say uh, both same weight classes, uh, uh, prime versus prime, who wins? Canelo first. Canelo or Floyd Mayweather, Brian? I still got Floyd Mayweather winning that fight. Really? I, I really do. I think the only difference is uh, I do see Canelo having some uh, you know, some good rounds where he's pushing, he's pushing it, he's pushing the envelope. Unlike the, the fight he had in 2013, but that's the only difference I see. I swear, like every time when people ask me, you know, what would happen if you know they step in the ring again, I, I I'm gonna be like, it's the same outcome, but the only difference is Canelo would put on the pressure early on, and that will make at least some rounds a very entertaining, uh, entertaining rounds. But I think it would be the same outcome. Floyd wins by decision. Um, he just outboxes Canelo. Floyd. In his prime, so that means we're going pretty boy Floyd against Canelo Alvarez at this stage of his career right now. Um, call me a Floyd dick diver. I'm going to go Floyd Mayweather. Um, I'm going to even go a little further, and I'm probably going to piss off a lot of the Canelo fans. I honestly think he TKOs him. Fuck. And I, he was a beast. I think people forget that. That guy was a beast Floyd in Mayweather, the lower weight classes. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. Pretty boy Floyd Mayweather. Because we have, we, have we, have we have two stages of Floyd. We got pretty boy Floyd, yeah. and we got Money May. Money May, who, when he fought Canelo... Outboxed him, and he was more of like I'd rather take the easy route and just outbox you than even if I have the chance to to literally you know beat you up and probably get the TQ. I'm not gonna do it because that would put me in risk. 
Pretty Boy Floyd was more in that I, I got something to prove. I'm better than you, but I got something to prove here. So I'm going to put myself out there just a little bit, strategically just a little bit, and get you out of there. Yeah. Um, so I feel that he'll do the same thing here. I think uh, he would uh, school Canelo again. And I, I agree with you. I think there'll be some rounds where Canelo wins it. But I think Floyd schools him. I feel there'll be a moment where Canelo doesn't know what to do, and he'll revert to going into the ropes like he did in the when he did in the in the fight. And yeah. instead of Floyd Mayweather picking at him with the jab, picking Floyd starts landing harder shots. They will start making dance in, in Canelo Alvarez, and he'll start withering him away. And I can possibly see uh, Kenny Bayless waving the flag because he'll probably land. He'll probably you know, Floyd would have, would have landed a nice right hand that would have staggered Canelo. Which at that moment, people were like, well, Canelo has an iron chin. You forget, Floyd Mayweather is an accurate body puncher, and I think Floyd would have strategically broke him down. And when he finally saw the opening, he would have stuck himself out there, and Floyd would have Floyd would have taken the fight. That's true. So I get Floyd Mayweather winning uh, eighth ninth round TKO. I know, I know, Damn. I know, I know. People right now are yelling at me, "You're a fucking idiot." I am never <laughs> listening to this show again. I know Mr. Lou's probably laughing his ass off. He's probably rolling around with his guitar. As he's listening to me say this, but I think I think Mr. Lou would probably agree with me. I think Floyd Mayweather, um, in his prime, Pretty Boy Floyd, would have probably gone for the would have probably gone for the kill. He wouldn't have been like, nah, I'm gonna spare this kid. Is I'm gonna spare him. So I feel that I feel that money may spared a lot of fighters by going. Mm, I'm already good. I I need I need to be healthy for my next fight because I already signed a contract with Showtime, so I really don't want to jeopardize breaking my right hand going for the knockout. Yeah. Pretty Boy Floyd had more to prove at that stage, so I think Pretty Boy Floyd would have been like. Well, fuck my right hand. I'm gonna get paid. I'll br- I'll get the knockout, and people will respect me for that knockout, and I'll still get paid. Fuck it. I'll be out for a couple months, but at least I got the knockout. And that was yeah. Floyd. That was pretty boy Floyd's mentality at the, in my opinion, though. But I think that that's the question. So, um, that's the to answer that was the, to answer the guy's question. Um, again, guys, if you, um, we'll start posting it. If you guys have any questions, you guys want to answer about this, who would win prime, uh, who would win in their prime, or. What do we think about this going on in the state of boxing? You guys hear it here. We'll answer it to the best of our abilities. Even if you don't agree with us or agree with us, uh, we'll answer it anyways. But uh, b is there anything you want to add? Um, I think that was the end of our our rant, our ramble of boxing tonight. Yeah, definitely. Yep. For, especially for this week. This week. So we'll be back next week. We'll talk about Lomachenko's win. Any more news? Any more news developments on the heavyweight division, boxing? Before I forget, we're month one. We're one month away from Errol Spence versus Sean Porter, which oh. is, which is, I think is an anticipated fight that here on this show we want to watch, and most likely we'll do a fight talk on that. That's something I gotta talk to the guys about. But don't forget, we're month one month away from there, so that's a good fight. We're um, going into it, and right now we're in the latest. Right now we're in the. Uh, the last stage of the year, I mean, the last quarter of the year for boxing. Mm-hmm. So we're, gonna, I'm assuming we're gonna start seeing good fights going into the end of the year, which we are. We got what Fury, F- Fury versus whatever his name is, Wilder versus Ortiz, uh, Joshua versus Ruiz, Spence versus Porter. We got those exciting fights right now coming up. Definitely. Usyk making his debut in the heavyweight division. We got a lot of stuff happening right now in this last part of the year. So. It's, it's going to be exciting here on this show to talk about it. So uh-huh. we do thank you guys for joining us. We do thank you guys for downloading. Um, we'll say it one more time. Support us. It doesn't cost anything. We don't ask for any kickback. We don't ask for any money from you guys. All we ask you is to give us a thumbs up on iTunes. To give us a five-star rating. Like, comment, share this episode and past episodes. Uh, don't forget to follow my, my brother, B-Ray, on b 89 If you guys like wrestling, you guys like boxing, here's his page to go. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram to get any news developments. 
Um, shout out to Corner Boxing. Um, he, basically, some of the news we got tonight was from Corner Boxing because he reported on his page. So give him a like. Tell him the uh, tell him the JMB Ray Boxing Podcast sent you. Other than that, we'll be back next week. And this is the end of the show. Latest.